the I didn't realize you liked me that way deal. Because it's one thing to receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast still hot in the bag. Appreciate you. There's a deal for every morning. Now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Standing against intolerable acts. Mojo 5 Hello and welcome to the Pat Oni Show right here on Mojo 5.0. I am your host, Pat Oni, and it is Saturday. You know, I've been thinking a lot this week about contracts. I know, it's w- weird, right? Like, like I don't know why i think thinking about it so much. Maybe it's because I'm in the process of buying a house and uh, we're getting ready to close on it and everything here in the next few weeks. And um, I don't know, I just got to thinking about it. And I got to thinking about the fine print. And how often do we really, as people, really look at the fine print? I mean, have you ever signed up for a product or service? And... They give you these these terms of service. And how often do we really read them? I mean, we might we might read the first little bit, depending on how important it is. We might just listen to the person that's giving it to us, basically saying, this is what it says. But how often do we really, really look at it? And how often, do we, when we get one of those contracts, do we just read like all the important stuff, but then... There's that fine print at the bottom that you almost need that magnifying glass for just to be able to read it. How often do we really take a moment to really understand what it is we're signing up for? What it is that we're actually getting? And what are the consequences of it? Yeah, we're getting a product or a service, but what am I agreeing to in return? Other than payment, I mean, is is there a hidden fee? Is there something I'm not allowed to do with that product or service? Am I not allowed to take it, make it my own, and then sell it to someone? I mean, what, what, what is it? What is it about that contract that I'm not understanding? What, what am I being suckered into? And how often... Do we get into those situations in our lives? I know I'm plenty guilty of this. I think most people are plenty guilty of this. They they are getting what they want, and they're getting what they want right now. They're signing up for it. They they sign their name away, and then boom, bing, it's theirs. Never once thinking about what it is that you might actually be giving up in return. The reason I bring this up is because is that not what we are doing right now with our government and this coronavirus situation? 
I've been watching this, you know, as long as anyone else has. And I've been watching the events unfold in our country right before our eyes. And I'm pretty sure the founders would be rolling over in their graves right now by how quickly we are just willing to give up pretty much whatever for the sake of security, for the sake of safety. Remember, Benjamin Franklin once said, those who would value security over free, over liberty deserve neither, or at least something along those lines. We deserve neither. If we would trade our liberty for the sake of security, we deserve neither. And is that not what we're doing with this coronavirus situation? Are we not giving up liberty, even if it's temporary? Are we not giving up liberty for the sake of safety and security during this coronavirus situation? How many states right now have extreme lockdown orders where only certain people can go to work? You know, my mom actually has to drive around with a letter saying that she is allowed to go to work. Beyond that, they can't really go. I mean, well, they can. They can go to the grocery store, but only one person in the family is allowed to go to the grocery store. Um, I mean, people can't just. I mean, I just read an article about uh, how the U.S. Coast Guard chased a dude um, that was out paddleboarding off the coast of California and told him to go home. He's not hurting anyone. He's out there by himself. Paddleboarding. And, and families, I mean, they, they can't even take their, their kids to the park. Uh, I mean, we're all told to stay home. Yeah, we can go out and we can get food, I guess. We can go through the drive throughs and things like that. Or we can have food delivered. And those that are only deemed essential are really allowed to be open or go to work right now. First of all, who decides... Who is essential and who is not essential? Who decides that? Because I have no idea. I mean, isn't any job that puts money in the bank and food on the table and clothes on your kids' backs, aren't those jobs essential too? I mean, who decides what is and what isn't essential? Now, a lot of people are saying, well, man, this is just, just temporary. You're just going to have to wait it out. What I'm getting at, while this all may be temporary, what is the fine print of what we are signing our life away for here for the sake of safety and security from the coronavirus? What is the fine print? What precedent are we setting for ourselves in the future. How easy have we made it for government to come in and tell people with individual liberty what they can and can't do? Now, if they want to come out and they want to make strong recommendations and people go out and they enter their own risk, I mean, that, that would be a whole different story. But no, they're, they're telling people what they can and can't do. The, 
president in the Philippines. Now, we're not, we're not to this point, but the president in the Philippines is basically has said that the people are going to be killed if they're caught out in the streets, if they're not staying at home. That's wrong. That's absolutely wrong. And to tell me that I can't, I can't leave my house unless I have a very good reason to, or if I have a special letter that, I, that says I can... Granted, that hasn't happened in Utah. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not trying to misrepresent the facts like CBS did with their their footage from Italy, trying to basically claim that this is what's going on in New York. I'm not saying it's not bad in New York. I think everyone knows it's bad in New York. But to say that New York is Italy is is a complete misrepresentation. To say that the United States is even Italy is a complete misrepresentation. Yes, I know we lead the world in infected cases right now. I'm aware of that, that fact. In fact, let me give you guys the stats. Almost 1.1 million coronavirus cases in the world right now. Of that almost 1.1 million, there are almost 60,000 deaths. 59,172 to be exact. Of that one, almost 1.1 million... 228,923 have recovered. That's worldwide. Now, if I want to break it down by the United States, we have the total of 277,467 cases. By the way, this is all coming from Worldometer. Um, I found that they were pretty comparable to Johns Hopkins, so you use whichever one you want. I mean, they're, they're, they're pretty good. Um... Let's see, total deaths in the United States, 7,402. Total recovered, and this is the most important number, 12,283. We have 257,782 active cases currently. Now, if we look at Italy... Italy has a lot less cases. They have 100 total cases that they've had. They've had 119,827. Their death toll, 14,681. Um, so the U.S. and Italy, at least in that regard, it's not comparable. It's a misrepresentation. It's a misrepresentation to say the U.S. and Italy are even remotely alike when it comes to the coronavirus. Italy got hit a lot worse and a lot harder. Proportionally, their death to total case ratio is much higher. But we're still freaking out here, guys. And we're freaking out for the wrong reasons. Nevertheless, it's always good to be prepared. I need to tell you a little bit about, let's see if we can pull it up here, a little bit about uh, my Patriot Supply. Um, it's always good to be prepared. You know, Mrs. Pat and I, we, we actually have our own food storage. Um, we've been slowly working on food storage for some time. I mean, our little townhome, there's not really a ton for 
for food storage here, but you know, we did just buy a house. So like this is going to be a uh, big goal of ours um, going forward. It's something that we've always wanted to do is have like a small garden and to be able to uh, basically create our own food and store food um, and just making sure that we always have enough um, for us, for our family, and maybe even for some of our neighbors. Um, because that, that's important. It's important for times like this to be prepared to actually have some food storage. Well, not everyone has that. And so that's where my Patriot Supply actually comes in. Um, they have a four-week emergency food kit. It normally sells for 297 bucks plus shipping. However, you go to preparewithmojo50.com. The price is $197 and shipping is free. Guys, I can't stress to you how important it is to actually have emergency food in times like these. I mean, we've all been to the stores. We've all seen, you know, like like flour, sugar, all really hard to come by right now. It makes makes cooking, makes meal making a lot more difficult than than usual without things like flour and sugar. Um so um, you know, peanut butter, also hard to come by. It's another, another big one. There's a lot of things that are hard to come by at the store right now. So what I'm telling you is, get, go to preparewithmojo50.com. Get your four-week emergency food kit. It's important. It will actually help you. And by the way, these things, they last up to like 25 years. They're heavy-duty, four-layered uh, like zip packs. They last up to 25 years. So if you don't end up needing them now, they can come in handy later. And you will find yourself thanking yourself for actually being prepared. Like when when pandemics and things like this happen, it's always, always good to be prepared. So go again, go to preparewithmojo50.com and uh, get your four-week emergency kit today. Okay. So I threw out some coronavirus numbers here a few minutes ago, and um, I suppose they could be a lot worse if we weren't doing the whole social distancing thing. I suppose that's possible, um, but I want to I want to compare this to the flu for a second. Now I know everyone's like, "Well, it's not the flu; it's asymptomatic. You know, it spreads. You know, even if you know you don't have it, and blah blah blah, and all this sort of stuff." And yeah, so just this year, just this year alone, worldwide, worldwide, 125,084 seasonal flu deaths this year, 2020, this year. By the way, uh, th- those coronavirus stats, that's also from this year. So if we look at worldwide, again, 59,172 deaths worldwide tell me something if the flu is almost twice that in terms of deaths why isn't that being treated any worse than the coronavirus tell me tell me the reason why that is oh wait the fact of the matter is no one can i haven't heard a good even a remotely good actual argument as to why we are putting our lives on hold for the coronavirus and not the flu. Let's look at just communicable diseases altogether, shall we? Again, 
coming from rollometer.info, okay? Um, just communicable diseases. That, that would include things like the flu, coronavirus, um, pretty much any other thing that you can think of that, that's actually contagious. 3,339,660. No, excuse me, because World uh, Almanac actually updates real time. Um, it's actually going up as we speak. It was at 660 a second ago. It's now almost to 670. So 3,339,668, now 69. That's communicable diseases. My point is, and I can't, I can't stress this enough, are we reading the fine print? Do we understand the consequences of our actions when it comes to giving government more power? And by the way, the way we give government more power is to give them our liberty, is to give away something so that they can do something for us. Is it going to be worth it in the end? You know, let, let's just just for kicks and giggles. Let's look at just automobile deaths. Road and traffic accident fatalities just this year. 347,700 or 276. So that's again 347,276. That's just this year, folks. Yet, I still get behind the wheel of a car every time I go to work. I still go outside every time because I have to run an errand. I have to go to work. I have to go do whatever. I'm taking my wife on a date. Whatever the case. And you know what I'm not worried about? Any of this. So why would I be worried about the coronavirus? Why should anyone be worried about the coronavirus? Because it's asymptomatic? Guys, there are worse diseases out there than the coronavirus. There are far deadlier diseases out there than the coronavirus. Yeah, it's super contagious. Yeah, it super sucks. Yeah, it doesn't it it, it it's uh an even more brutal when it comes to the elderly and the immunocompromised. Yeah, I get it. It sucks. I'm not saying the coronavirus isn't serious. I've never said that. I've never said it shouldn't be taken seriously. I never said that we shouldn't come home and wash our hands. But here we are. <laughs> we're, we're killing our economy over this, folks. No, again, our economy will recover. Of that, I am sure. But when I see headlines like over 10 million Americans applied for unemployment benefits in March as economy collapsed. And it, what was it? 6.6 6 million just last week. Is it worth it? Is this actually worth it? These are questions that most of us aren't even asking. We have to be able to ask ourselves these questions 
And what are we really willing to give up? Are we reading the fine print? Do we understand what we're getting into? You know, I was I, I just finished a book on uh, on George Washington. And not only would he be rolling in his grave right now over over this. But this man, George Washington was was ill for most of his life, off and on. Um he had all sorts of things wrong. I mean, the man lost his teeth and had wooden teeth for crying out loud. And yet it never, his illnesses, his ailments, it, it never stopped him from his sense of duty. It never stopped him from doing what was right and doing what was necessary for his family, for God, most importantly for God, and for country. Now you could sit there and say, well, George Washington owned slaves. Well, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. See, the funny thing about George Washington is he was just as human as the rest of us. He made mistakes just like the rest of us. Now, he, he did free his slaves upon his wife, wife Martha, or, yeah, was it Martha? Yeah, Martha. It was, it was on her death. He did free his slaves. And he probably would have freed them a lot sooner. But he lived in a very different time than you and I live now. I don't think Washington was ever really for slavery. Yeah, he owned slaves, but that was the time. That was the culture. That's not it today. What I'm getting at, though, is he had a sense of duty, a sense of honor. He did what was right, and he did what was required of him. He didn't let his ailments stop him. He didn't let really anything stop him. Why? Why are we letting this virus stop us? Why are we letting this virus stopping us from living our lives? Why do we need to put our lives on hold? To keep everyone healthy? Folks, most people are going to survive the coronavirus whether they get it or not. That's the statistic. So why are we letting it stop us? Why are we willing to give government so much to protect us from this virus? Something that, that by the way, they aren't even going to be able to stop themselves. It's going to take a medical professional and a vaccine, if not a medication that actually cures people from the coronavirus. It's not going to be some government official. But what's the fine print? What precedent are we setting here and now? And what message are we telling our children? I mean, do we really want our kids well, when America was somewhat free, as they're talking to their kids, do we really want that to be their memory? 
I, for one, am not going to live in fear. I, for one, am going to do the best that I can with what I have. I mean, hell, I'm a ginger for crying out loud. I can go out and the sun can blow up and then I just become a crispy critter. But I don't worry about that. You see, the thing is, is that if anything that this virus has shown us, it is that there are many things to fear. But the one thing that, that we all seem to forget about, the one thing that we, we really should fear right now is the lack of common sense. All right. Going to tell you a little bit about American Pride Roasters. Look, this is the time, by the way, because you know the economy is basically shot, to be, to be supporting the small and medium-sized businesses out there, such as American Pride Roasters. Um, again, I'm not the coffee drinker, but you know, if you guys like coffee, if you like tea, they, they make tea as well. Um, definitely check it out. They've got all sorts of different flavors. They've got Izzo's Rage. They've got Ron Sexual Chocolate. Uh, they got uh, Doc's Bacon Blast, and um, they've got just tons of flavors. So go to AmericanPrideRoasters.com. Listen to the Powerly Show right here on the Mojo Five O, and I will be right back right after this. <laughs> Are you tired of high cable TV? You know what makes you feel really good about yourself? Doing something good for somebody else. If you'd like to do that today, go to JDRF.org. Join them in the fight against type 1 diabetes. JDRF.org. It's something good you can do for the world. JDRF.org. Here's important new information from the Diabetes Solution Center for you, a family member, or a loved one suffering with diabetes. If you have lost your provider or if you need a provider for diabetic supplies, you may qualify to receive your diabetic testing supplies now with little or no out-of-pocket cost, regardless of your age. All you need is Medicare or private insurance to be potentially eligible. Call the Diabetes Solution Center right now for details. Just takes a couple of minutes. Our friendly, knowledgeable agents will give you free, no-obligation information, handle all the insurance paperwork, and make sure your supplies are delivered directly to your door for free. Call U.S. Medical Supply 24 hours a day. 800-597-9323. 800-597-9323. 800-597-9323. Call right now. 800-597-9323. Hi, it's Doc Thompson for Matthew 25 Ministries. Matthew 25 Ministries is one of the few charities I'll actually endorse because I know them. I've worked with them. And I know almost all of the money that you donate goes to help people. Go to m25m.org. m25m.org. Welcome back to the Padoni Show right here on Mojo 5.0. I'm your host, Padoni. And uh, you can find me over on the Twitter at the Padoni Show. You can use the hashtag Stand with Mrs. Pat. You can also find me over on the Facebook. Got my own Facebook page over there. Got my own Instagram as well. It's just the Padoni Show. You can also find me over on the MeWe. Now, I do try to be on all social media channels when the show airs. Um, every Saturday from 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern. And yes, the show is pre-recorded. Thank you, Stephen Airy. <sighs> anyway, um, 
so before I get into the Mrs. Pat recipe today, just let me preface you this. We are moving. Um, we actually have a move-in date, uh, which will be towards the uh, mid to end of the month. Um, and then uh, so Mrs. Pat's been, been a little busy. We're trying to get the uh, finish our house getting... Man, if I could really talk. Uh, we're trying to get the rest of our house picked up and packed up and uh, ready to go. Um, and if that weren't stressful enough, uh, we adopted a puppy last week. Uh, we, I, I've been referring to him as our roommate. Um, I did post some pictures up on the MeWe last week. Uh, he is an eight-month or, excuse me, eight-week-old uh, yellow lab. Um, and uh, he and my 88-and-a-half-pound black lab are already best friends. Um, but the problem is, is that, you know, when you have a puppy, it, you know, for the first couple of months, it's like having a baby. You don't get a ton of sleep. Because um, they wake up every couple of hours because they can't hold their bladder anymore and you got to take them out. Otherwise, it's just going to be a mess. And somewhere, Doc Thompson is probably laughing at me. And he would probably, you know, if it were him, he would just be saying the effing dog. And uh, in this case, he's probably saying, <laughs> you effing idiot. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, anyway, so we, we're, we're, we're moving and we're raising another puppy at the same time. So, um, yeah, anyway. Um, all right, so. The Mrs. Pat recipe is um, going to be a repeat this week. I, I've done this recipe before, um, and some of you, some of you really like this one. Some of you didn't as much, I guess, because maybe you're gluten free. But um, if you like pretzels, then this is like the recipe for you because, um, well, it's pretzels. Um, and so this is actually something that my wife actually does with her students. Um, once a semester, she gets new students every semester. So she does it really twice in the school year. And it's something fun that, uh, and it's an easy recipe that her students can actually do. And I figured, well, if her students can do it, then so can anyone else that listens to this show. Um, so I will put up and, and I got to say, if you're going to make these pretzels, you want to get some nacho cheese sauce. Um, kind of like what you would get in like a movie theater type of a situation. Um, you'll salt them, you know, like normal if you like salt on your pretzels. Um, but get some nacho cheese sauce because it's really, really good. And it actually gives a little bit more of a flavor to the pretzel. Um, so that is something that I definitely recommend. It's something my wife always does. Um, she doesn't actually make the nacho cheese sauce in this case, though she, she probably could. Um, she doesn't actually make that. She just makes the pretzels. Um... So definitely check it out. I'll put up on MeWe, and um, and I'll, I'll try to remember to get these up on my other social media channels as well um, so that you guys can check them out um, because they are really, really good. Um, and then, you know, tweet them back at me. Send me pictures of, like, all the different recipes you make. It doesn't even have to be just the pretzels. Send me back the stuff that you guys like to make and, and send me pictures of those. I, I show them Mrs. Pat. They actually make her day. Um, she's always talked about... Uh, like starting her own bakery or restaurant. 
um, though she's a teacher, and I think she would actually be wildly successful if she were to get into the restaurant business. But, you know, it's just for one reason or another, she's decided to, to not necessarily go down that route right now, but it is something that we've both actually have talked about. Um, and it might be something that we do at some point, but who, who knows? Um, I don't know that now would be a great time to start a restaurant business, given the way the economy's going, but I digress. I mean, she, she, enjoys, she especially enjoys baking. Um, for as good of a cook as she is, she is an even better baker. Um, but anyway, send me your stuff. Send me the pictures. Tell me what you think of these, some of these recipes. What, is there any that you don't like? Um, I know most people that, that send me stuff are saying are raving about her recipes. Is there anything you don't like? Is there anything in particular that you want to see in terms of these recipes uh, let me know because we might have something in our repertoire. So if there's any requests, if there's any like um, like ideas out there that that uh, like, hey, do you have a good recipe for like uh, like meatloaf or something like that? Um, you know, let me know. I, I'd be happy to to ask Mrs. Pat to see if she's got something. Um, because I, that, that could be a potential recipe that we cover on the show. So if you have any requests or anything like that, please, please, please let us know. Okay. Before we get into the rest of the show, I got to tell you a little bit about this promotion we got. It's going on for Rocky Stucci in the Situation Room. Now we did this last month. Um, we actually uh, decided to extend it this month, given with everything that's been going on. And what we really want to do is we really want to encourage you to go to um, Sovereign Rising Custom Apparel and uh, check them out. Um, and then a donation of $25 um, will get you a, to Mojo 5 will get you a Sovereign Rising Custom Apparel shirt with uh, Rocky Stucci's Meatball Army Limited Edition on it um, so that you can show that you are part of the meatball army and that you are fans of Rocky Stucci. And Rocky Stucci is a host here on the Mojo 5.0. He's the host of the Situation Room. He's one of the most unorthodox hosts I think I've ever listened to because he talks about uh, not just politics and life and all sorts of stuff. He also talks about like paranormal activity. Like like ghosts and stuff like that, and and it's I don't know where I necessarily stand on the subject, but you know because I am a man of faith, and so I I do think that there are things like that that do exist. Is it always the way that people describe? I I don't know. Um, I kind of hope I never have to find out the hard way, kind of a deal. Um, if it if it is that way, I I don't know, but um, and I'm not trying to like downplay what rocky saying or anything like that not at all like it's it's uh it could be very easily a legit thing i i just i've never personally experienced it myself um but uh it, it's it's just interesting and it's it, it's what makes his show so good so good and and he's always on at uh, 12 a.m eastern so like that late at night talking about that kind of stuff it's like perfect um, it's like the perfect setting to to be listening um, to someone like Rocky Stucci. So uh, definitely check him out. 
check out uh, Sovereign Rising Custom Apparel as well. And actually, if you go to, or rather, if you give just Emily Dean a call, uh, it's 910-583-3586, 910-583-3586. Um, you can contact her. You can actually get all sorts of stuff made too. Like You don't necessarily have to get like the, the Meatball Army shirt. You can get um, other things made as well. They're really, really good. Um, I do recommend that you check her out. And again, this is a time to help out the small business. Um, so definitely uh, give her a call, check her out, and uh, get some shirts made. Get some get some other stuff made too, if you like. Um, it's it's going to be a great way to help her out, and you get a great product in return. So anyway, and speaking of small business, um, I said in the last segment that you know. 10 million people filed for unemployment last month. And that is that is probably the saddest story of all of this. Of, of even, you know, just coronavirus, adding this on top of that makes it worse. Um, and uh, I, suicide rates have even gone up in the last month. And... Um, it's it's heartbreaking, guys. It's it's absolutely, and it's concerning because it's like you know we all form a symbiont circle, if you will, and what affects you know one industry is eventually going to affect another eventually, if this goes on long enough. And you know the government can keep doing stimulus packages all at once. It's just going to add up more debt. And really, where's the money coming from? because i have no idea um and that's that that's also concerning so to, to say that that government is going to save us is really kind of hysterical honestly if you think about it um because they if they're having to spend this much money to save us from a virus can you imagine them being in charge of the healthcare system oh that's scary. That is absolutely scary. And folks, this is this is an aspect of socialism right here. I mean, they were promising that the the Trump administration was promising what like twelve hundred bucks per person under a certain amount uh, in terms of salary a year. Um, that they, they were going to be sending twelve hundred dollar checks, as if that's going to be enough. Because I can guarantee you. Um, there, there are people here in Utah, their rent, just their rent is 1200 bucks. That's just their rent. That's not utilities. That's not groceries. That's not their, you know, cost of gas or their car or whatever transportation they use or any other things that they might have. Um, like, I don't know, medications prescriptions, insurance. Guys, everybody has a lot of things. Everybody has a lot of baggage. Everybody has something. And to say that $1,200 a month is going to cover that? Now they're saying, though, when it comes to that $1,200, by the way, let me see, where did that report go? Um... had it here just a second ago and where did it go 
Oh, here it is. So it says uh, Americans may have to wait up to 20 weeks to receive stimulus payments from government. 20 weeks? So wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're going to wait 20 weeks to get $1,200. That's not even going to cover probably most people's expenses. Guys, not only is this an aspect of socialism, this is this is failed socialism. This is this is crap at its finest. And they're they're trying to say, oh, here's here's a little bit of money that we don't have to make your life better. That's not even probably going to make a dent for most people. What's going to truly make a dent for people, what's really going to truly set people free, and what's really going to alleviate a lot of their stress is a good, strong economy where they can actually go to work and actually provide for their families and actually bring home a regular paycheck, a consistent paycheck. And if you think 10 million, 10 million people going filing for unemployment is bad, if you think you know ten million people losing their jobs is bad, um, what's this next month gonna bring? What is what is it gonna bring? And if that wasn't enough, if if if, if that wasn't enough, Nancy Pelosi is um, well. How do I put this? She's putting together a. Uh, a select committee. So she's she's launching a committee to supervise Trump's coronavirus response, claims it will unify our country and promote bipartisanship. I don't know that she has ever had more bullshit come out of her mouth than that. Because for her, this has never been about bipartisanship. This has always been about politics. And that's what a lot of people have made this coronavirus thing out to be. Politics. Guys, people's lives are at stake. And we're we're trusting our livelihood, our lives, in D.C. elites? These are the people that we're giving our liberty up for so that they can keep us safe from a virus? <laughs> if that's the case, I'd rather take my chances. I'd much rather take my chances out in the real world, working a real job, and not that I don't have a real job, I do, but I'd rather be going back and forth to the office every day. I'd rather be go, be able to go to the store whenever I wanted or travel to any part of the country when I wanted to at my own risk. I would much rather do that than put my, my trust into someone like Nancy Pelosi. And for someone who says that they're, they're putting together a coronavirus response, a select committee to, to, to supervise the Trump administration, first of all, we have an oversight committee. I mean, isn't that redundant? Isn't that absolutely redundant? But no, no, no. She has to have an oversight to the oversight to supervise Trump. If this wasn't another way to maybe try to impeach Trump again, 
to see that that he's not doing anything like another quid pro quo, which or something worse. I don't know. I don't know what it's for, but I definitely can tell you that I do not trust our motives. And to say that it is bipartisan is a load of crap. If it's by if she has people on both sides of the aisle, that means that they are those are people that she has in her back pocket that are willing to work with her to basically say Trump sucks. That he hasn't handled this coronavirus thing well. And and to say that this isn't going to be used against him in the upcoming election. <laughs> Guys, the coronavirus is not Trump's fault any more than the H1N1 virus or the swine flu was Obama's. And the, you know what the sad part was is that more people have actually died from the swine flu than they have from the coronavirus. And it will likely always be that way. And that's just the U.S., by the way. It will likely always be more in favor of the swine flu than um, the, the coronavirus. And Obama waited six months from April to October to declare a state of national emergency. I remember when the H1N1 was going on. I was in college. And I didn't stay home. I went to class. Like everybody else, I went to class. I also had a part-time job. I went to work. I did what I had to do. But here we are. We're in lockdown. We're in quarantine because, well, coronavirus. Folks, are, are we are we reading the fine print? Do we understand what we're giving up? Do we understand the madness that this all is? This is absolute madness. We should be living, still be living free. I understand, strongly encouraged, stay home. I I would take that. You know, my wife and I, we do that anyway. And and to say, like, stay home, wash your hands. Okay. Wash your hands. That that's something I've been I, that's been preached to me since I was like five. Practicing good hygiene. If you're not doing that, if if we're actually having to tell people that now, we're doing it wrong. If people weren't doing it before, they're doing it wrong. We're actually having to tell people to do something since they were children. To practice good hygiene. But yet. For whatever reason, this is all worth giving government more power. The ability to do more stimulus packages, which rumor has it, you know, that even though they just did a $2.2 trillion stimulus package, rumor has it, they're looking at doing more. How far down this rabbit hole are we willing to go, folks? Are we are we willing to just let this go? Because if not, if not, if, if you're like me, if you have any of the same feelings that I do on this, it's going to take more than just listening to me every weekend. 
it's going to take more than listening to, to the Daily Mojo or to whatever show that you listen to. It's actually going to take speaking up, calling your representatives, calling your governor, telling them these are our thoughts and feelings on the subject. That I would rather not give up my freedom for the sake of security. I just read Common Sense this week. Again, I, I, I've actually, it's, it's Thomas Paine's Common Sense. I wanted to go back and I actually got it on Audible and I wanted to go back and, and just get a good, a better understanding because it's been years since I've, uh, I've read it. And um, what's interesting about what he's talking about, and this is all revolutionary you know, time, right? And what's interesting is that Great Britain, the reason why they, they treated us the way they treated us and the reason why they had the laws the way they had them is because they felt like that we needed them, that we needed their power, their protection. Because the British Navy was very powerful. Great Britain at the time was a, you know, for all intents and purposes, a, a world power. Much like they are today, but but they, they were still a world power then. And yet, you know, they're all the way across the pond and they think we need them. They think that we were dependent upon them. But we wanted to be free. And in order to free ourselves, we had to basically have a revolutionary war to to free ourselves from their bondage and to be actually be able to do things for ourselves because we could because we knew we must and isn't that where we are now i mean i know we're not up against a foreign power this is all domestic but isn't that where we are now? Shouldn't we be telling our government, hey, we don't need you to take care of us. Yes, we're going to go through hard times, but we're going to do it together. We're going to do this as a people. We're going to help each other in any way that we can. And we're going to get through this. We don't need more stimulus packages. We don't need more national debt. We don't need more of our liberty taken away. We don't need to sign a contract that says, well, if you do this, we'll give up this. We don't need that kind of fine print in our lives. We can do what we want. And I know people are out there saying, well, <laughs> what about people's lives? The coronavirus is actually affecting people's lives. Yeah, you know what? So is unemployment. So is unemployment. And the cure, as I quote President Trump on this, and I can't believe I'm doing this, but the cure cannot be worse than the actual virus we're trying to treat. And right now it is. It absolutely is. See, we're, we're talking about a virus that you know can affect our respiratory system, but we're not, we're not willing to talk about the virus that, that helps us, that's preventing us from providing for our families. What are we giving up? 
what is in the fine print. That's what we should always be asking ourselves. Any time government tries to say, well, hey, we'll do, okay, what's the catch? That's absolutely what we should be doing. That's absolutely what we must be doing. <sighs> and, and folks, I'm just, I got to tell you, I have spent, I have spent more time talking about the coronavirus in the last, what, two, three weeks? This is driving me nuts. And it's driving me nuts to say, because like, I, I have conversations with people every week saying the same damn thing. That we can't turn the economy back on because we got to protect everybody. Guys, this isn't about lives versus money. It's lives versus lives. Rush Limbaugh said that earlier this week. That's where we're at. This isn't about money. It's about livelihood. It's about sustainability. The way we are approaching and how we are treating this whole thing, it's not sustainable. I mean, think about it. 10 million jobs just last month. Last month. That's 10 million people firing for unemployment. What are we doing? And how long can this last? Are we really reading the fine print? But I want to leave you on some good news in regards to coronavirus. Because good news is always better than, well... Just straight bad news. And I don't like being a catastrophist, if you will. But uh, some good news for you. An Oregon veteran served in World War II. Was in Guam. He's 95 years old. He beat the coronavirus. (laughs) He said... I survived Guam. I can get through this bullshit. And that's really, that's the attitude everybody should have. Is that we're going to get through this. We're going to make it through this. I know times are tough. And, I, and I've said this before in, in one of my previous shows. I know times are tough. I know times are hard. But I also know that we, we are going to make it through this. We are going to make it. The economy will come roaring back. It will. But I'm done talking coronavirus. I, I, I hope that I've got more next week. That's more than just the coronavirus. But coronavirus, that's all anyone's really been talking about. So here I am. All right. Well, before I go... Need to tell you a little bit about cat coolers. Now we're get we're in springtime. People are starting to crank out the camping gear again. I know my in laws are. Um, you know, getting ready to go camping, and and you know it's getting warmer outside. You gotta have a way to keep your food and drinks cold, and cat coolers can help you out with that. I see they can keep your food and drinks cold for up to seven days. Seven days. That's a lot. I don't know of any other cooler on the market that can do that. So go to Cat Coolers. Use the promo code PAT. 
and uh, get you a cat cooler because it'll make your camping experience. It'll make, hopefully we're getting back into like baseball, softball, you know, little league type stuff, you know, here soon. So hopefully we can get in all that stuff. You know, so hopefully, so get a cat cooler so that way you can spend some quality time outdoors. You've been listening to the Penalty Show right here on Mojo Five Oak. You can find me over on the Twitter at the Penalty Show, Facebook, Instagram, and the MeWe. Remember, don't get lost. Remember who you are, and no means no. Oh, and Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. We'll see you next week. This is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo. American corn farmers. A proud and chosen profession inspired through generations. Tested, resilient, and committed to giving back as much as they're growing. Pushing the boundaries of what's possible with every bushel while replenishing every increasingly precious resource, like the reduction of soil loss by 40% with every acre grown. In a world where sustainability matters more than ever, we need all the help we can get. And there's no greater resource than the capable hands of American corn farmers.